2: And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your PackerNet Podcast. I'm your guest host for today, JJ Leahy. Check us out online at com. Find me on Twitter at JJ Leahy. Well, did you stay up late and... Uh, Watch the Cardinals get thrashed. I spent all week talking about how the Rams were going to absolutely annihilate the Cardinals. I'm not sure why the reaction to that actually occurring is for people to then decide. That means that the Rams are super scary. I I was expecting a blowout. So it's just not that scary to me when the team does exactly what... I said they would do Uh, via PFF. This was the, this was the worst game of the entire season for the Cardinals. Not too shocking when you consider how many points they allowed and how many they scored. Uh, Even though they did play the lions, the score of that game was 30 to 12. This was 34 to 11. Um, It was a worst game. Actually, the Lions game was far from their second worst of the season. The team overall graded out at 75.5 against the Lions. They were 41.8 against the Rams in the wild card game. Actually their worst game of the season came against the Carolina Panthers back in week 10, 46.4. <clears throat> Sorry, I should say that was their second worst game of the season. The uh Rams wild card game I already said it was the worst. But this was pretty terrible. They didn't do anything well at all except for special teams. They had a 66.1 grade. Everything else was horrific. Uh, To to no surprise, with the uh, hits to their DB depth that we knew were coming, that was their worst grade um, of the day 29.1 coverage grade. Uh, Also, run blocking really poor, and overall defense was really poor. One of the better grades of the entire day was their pass rush at 58. Uh, That was, um, if you don't know, 58 is below average. That was one of their better grades of the day, and J.J. Watt registered zero pressures after making a big deal about coming back and even doing a hype video. I'm starting to think that Hype videos for returning from an injury are not a good idea. When you think about uh, (laughs) the one that uh, Russell Wilson did right before he got shut out by the Packers. This was actually not J.J.'s worst game of the year. He had a 64.9 overall grade. That is the third best game of the season for him. He played eight total games. Uh, week two against Minnesota, he had a 52.6. Week six against Cleveland, he had a 56.1. Um, I thought it was funny, actually, the Cleveland game, <laughs> which was uh, his second worst of the season, that was the game where he was on the sidelines saying, maybe we're just better. Everybody keeps trying to make up excuses for why we win. Maybe we're just better, and that was, you know, they, they had one more win after that before their season kind of just collapsed in on itself like a dying star. Not going to lie, I I was uh, really enjoying watching the Cardinals get thrashed. Uh, this has kind of been a thing with Cliff Kingsbury teams is hot starts and then just collapses at the end of the year. I just, you know, the way J.J. J. Watt left the Texans and um, asked to be made a free agent and and then went to the Cardinals, it just... You you don't have to have a problem with it. That's fine. Uh, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And seeing them get thoroughly embarrassed after we had to hear for the full first seven, eight weeks of the season, how dominant the Cardinals were and how they were the team that we should be terrified of. Seeing them just fizzle out. Can't even win a playoff game. Eh, you know, it was it was quite satisfying. Everybody keeps trying to count the Cardinals out and make excuses for why they win. Well, maybe they're just one and done. Now, the Rams played uh, a very good game. Uh, This was the fourth best game for them on offense all year. It was the one third best game for them on defense all year. And the defense did look really good. The run defense was phenomenal. Uh, Matthew Stafford was absolutely on fire. Uh, I thought it was interesting how they were using Cooper Cup. It felt a little bit, <clears throat> and we've seen a couple games from the Packers this season, sort of like this with Devontae. It felt a little bit like they were using Cup more as a decoy and then spreading the ball around. And I think that <clears throat> uh, Sean McVay's offense has looked really good in the past when they've done that. Matt LaFleur's offense also benefits. I think that's one of the reasons why they tend to play well without Devontae uh, is just because they're spreading the ball around and really making the defense work to cover everybody at once. And they have had a couple games this year where uh, it felt like they were using Devontae as a decoy. I think the uh, game against the Ravens was an example of that because they figured out, Uh, Pretty early on that the Ravens did have a decent plan for taking Devontae out of the game. And then they were really content to go elsewhere with the ball. Uh, I think that was uh, the game where we really noticed Alan Lazard really stepping up. By the way, since that game, Lazard has gotten better every single week. Baltimore, actually, he had a 56.8, which... For the season was about average for where he had been. Uh, he had in weeks 10 and 12, he had grades in the 40s. Then against Chicago, basically an 80, dropped down against Baltimore to a 56.8. But that was really the game where it felt like he was turning things around. He only had two receptions against Baltimore, but they were um, really important receptions. Um, after that game, 73 against the Browns, 79 against the Vikings, and an 88.7, almost a 90, I'm going to call it a 90, against Detroit. Fun fact, in 2019, his coming out party against Detroit was a 91.8. That was his best game of uh, the season. I was really hoping I could find a correlation where he always plays well against the lions that is not the case he's been below average in every other lions game between then and now but uh 2019 and 2021 he had his highest games of the season both came against the lions correlation no but fun anyways i think if you look at how the teams have been the the four remaining playoff teams, three, we're not going to talk about the, the Packers here, the three remaining teams that the Packers could face, just looking at only their PFF scores, between Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and the Rams, all three of them have played decently good football in the last month. Tampa had actually not a good game against the Eagles, uh, their, their grades were pretty poor, except for their passing grade and their running game, uh, running grade. Every other grade they had was uh, underwhelming uh, across defense. Uh, blocking wasn't good. Um, nothing defensively was good against the Eagles, <clears throat> which is strange since they held the Eagles scoreless through the first, what, three quarters at least of that game. But prior to that, they were playing a lot better. Uh, You had really, since that shutout against the Saints, they played three regular season games, 80 against the Panthers, 71 against the Jets, and then 80 again against the Panthers. Actually, the two Panthers games. Across the board on offense, the grades were basically identical. The defense kind of fell off um and that was largely the defensive line that fell off actually if you're looking at the defensive line so your your tackling grade your pass rush and even the run defense they have not had a very good game since week 16 uh looks like you can run against the buccaneers uh, for the first time in a while they did have Run defense, I guess they had they had a stretch in the middle of the season where their run defense had fallen off. Uh, they had a, a two-week stretch, week 13 and 14, against the Falcons and Bills, where their run defense was putrid. It was 34 in week 13 against the Falcons. <clears throat> they followed that up with a 46 grade. But really, between weeks 5 and 14, their run defense was pretty poor. Uh, interesting. Because um, you know the narrative around the Buccaneers is that you can't run on them, um, and then their their run defense did pick up against the Saints, which is weird because that was the game that they. I mean, I guess they only allowed nine points. That's crazy. You only your your defense only gives up nine points, and you still lose the game. That's just crazy to me. <clears throat> against the Panthers, then. Run defense was also good two weeks in a row where they had great, actually great defensive grades across the board. Um, Offense was obviously the biggest reason they lost against the Saints. Against the Jets, fantastic offense, um, horrific defense. Against the Panthers, even even better offense. And the defense was still iffy, but their run defense kind of picked back up to about average again and then against the Eagles it fell back down into putrid territory 39.7 I think one of the biggest reasons why the defensive grades haven't really been lining up so much with the points allowed because they have been keeping teams pretty low Uh, the Jets got to 24 points but outside of that I mean, the last six weeks, the Bills did the most damage to him at 27 points. But other than that, you have 17, 9, 6, 17, 15. Uh, that's pretty good, despite some poor defensive grades in a lot of those games. Not the 9 and 6, but the other uh, low-score games. Um, poor, poor grades. One of the things that I have noticed is that Opposing offenses, which, by the way, they have not really been playing very good offenses. But those opposing offenses are just getting killed with penalties every time there's a big game, which you can, you really can gash the Buccaneers' defense. Um, they're pretty vulnerable in the passing game. Uh, they do give up uh, big runs at times. But it, it really has felt like the flag comes out on any of those big plays and brings it back. <clears throat> You know, a lot of holding calls. Um, you know, is, is this uh, a result of how they're coaching their defense? You know, to really do a good job of selling some of these um, holding calls, uh, uh, getting the refs to notice them—that kind of thing. It, it could be, uh, but it's it's definitely benefiting them for sure. But overall, just on a talent basis, the Buccaneers defense just doesn't scare me very much. The last, really the only fantastic game they had all year came against the Saints in Week 15. A game where their offense never got going. Um, and then against the Panthers in Week 16, they also had, I, this is really their second best game. Defensive performance of the year. They did everything um, across the board above average. But that's it. The rest of the year, this has been not a great defense from a grades standpoint. The 49ers have a much better defense, the Rams have a fantastic defense. Um, Green Bay, looking across the board for Green Bay defensively, there's a there is a similar lack of consistency, uh, that Tampa has. But Green Bay's highs are higher and their lows are higher as well. All told, it they're very comparable talent, um, defensively between these two teams. But you just don't you don't see the same cratering from the Packers that you do from The Buccaneers and most of the Packers' poor defensive grades were coming in uh, the first six weeks of the season. Uh, After that, they had two bad games defensively, uh, actually against the Cardinals in Week 8 and the Vikings in Week 11. Um, The Browns in Week 16 was a poor showing, mostly because of the run defense. Uh, The tackling grade was poor in that game as well. It's their worst tackling grade of the season up to the Lions game in Week 18. Side note, the defense was the biggest issue with uh, Week 18. I mean, they did let the Lions get to 37 points. That is the most points anybody scored in them all season, so it kind of makes sense. The second highest scoring game that the defense allowed all year was 34 points to the Vikings. Um, oh, you know what? There's one doozy here that we'll all forget about. Week one, Saints, 38 points. So Lions were the second worst defensive showing of the year. But they the grades in week one were actually better pretty much across the board. Better coverage, worse pass rush, far better tackling. Uh, better run defense, better overall defense. Uh, It's it's the Rams, really, of the four teams who had the best performance in the playoffs so far. Obviously, the Packers don't count. But if you're thinking that the Niners really dominated, they were good in every category and great only in receiving. Passing grade was quite poor, uh, which makes sense because Jimmy G is pretty banged up. I would, I I don't expect him to get benched for Trey Lance, even though he is banged up. I think that uh, Kyle Shanahan's going to want to ride the quarterback he's he's been rolling with recently. But Jimmy G has a shoulder injury and a torn tendon in his throwing hand. Uh, that shoulder is his throwing shoulder Uh, to me, priority one A and one B and priority two and three are all going to be uh, stopping the run. You got to make the Niners one dimensional. <clears throat> uh, definitely hearing a lot of people hype up that it's going to be a cold weather game and that the Niners are a warm weather team. I don't really buy that for two reasons. One is that I don't I don't think that the Niners really are. A warm weather team, despite the fact that they're in, you know, California. What about their game plan says warm weather team to you? They run really hard. They really lean on their tight ends. They're a very physical ground and pound team. Uh, Big offensive line, big defensive line. They just really like to grind you down. Uh, Power running game. It's also not going to be that cold. Uh, for the division game in Green Bay. The current high is 28, and the low is 8. Uh, I just I, I don't think that's very cold. And you look at uh, the Kaepernick game a couple years ago. I know that was a little while ago, but uh, you look at uh, the temperature that day. The temperature around kickoff was 28 degrees. Last year, against the Buccaneers at kickoff, Temperature was 16 degrees colder, in fact. So no, I don't think that the temperature is going to be a big factor, but Jimmy's arm and his hand should be a major factor. I think there's no question that, uh, you want to try and make him throw. Uh, he is, I think he is a, a better than average quarterback, but he is one of those guys who does really benefit from the play action game or really the benefit from a successful run game, uh, Eli Mitchell was a guy that I talked about on this podcast back during the draft season as a guy that I wanted to see the Packers go after. The Niners drafted Trey Sermon out of Ohio State in what, like the second or third round? I think he was a third round pick. And he's just gone on to do nothing uh, this year. And, and he was the lead back when we played the Niners back in week three. He was their lead running back. Um, Definitely struggled with some injuries, but also just never looked that special. Uh, Elijah Mitchell uh, really has been a a special player for them since he took over. He fell all the way to the sixth round. Another reason why I think we should make the Niners throw, you look at uh, their grades against the Cowboys. Pass blocking was a 54, run blocking 72 uh they're run blocking basically all season uh outside of playing the cardinals in week 5 and colts in week 7 um which uh they had a bye week sandwiched in between those two those two weeks they didn't run block very well the rest of the season fantastic run blocking team their pass blocking has been inconsistent started out kind of uh, Leaky early on similarly had a bad week against the Cardinals, this time in week nine. And uh, against the Cowboys, they had their second worst pass blocking grade of the season. So 54 is not great. Um, it also went hand in hand with a poor passing grade. 59.5, that is the second worst grade since week eight. Uh, First seven weeks of the year before they really uh, got things going. They they were uh, two and four to start the season uh, through those games. Um, I where I was going with this, but the the passing grade in the beginning of the season was quite poor. Uh, 57, 52, 51, 65, 52. Since then, uh, passing grade has been quite good. From weeks 8 through 15, and then it just fell off a cliff. Week 16, a 58. Week 17, 64. They had a good day against the Rams. Week 18, with a 70 grade, and then back down to a 59 against the Cowboys. And no, that's not because Trayvon Diggs is an all pro <laughs> cornerback. <laughs> uh, I am I'm disappointed that we can't play the Cowboys. I really wanted to see Devontae Cook. Uh, Trayvon Diggs all day because I think Trayvon is uh, a, a pretty bad cornerback, but neither here nor there. Across the board, uh, it was a decently average day for the Niners uh, against the Cowboys, and there was a lot of concern about how good the Niners looked. I think even on that day, I got, um, I, I i wouldn't say I was depressed Based on the way the Niners were playing, it was more just, I don't want to play the Niners again. <laughs> We've played them, this will be our sixth game since 2018 against the Niners. That Only only the Bears, Vikings, and Lions have we played more. Fortunately, this one is at home again, finally. Uh, we played them and beat them at home, or at, at our home, in 2018. And then we had four straight road games against the Niners. Uh, I, I know that in 2019 in the playoffs, I understand why that was a road game since they were seeded higher than us in the playoffs. Uh, that makes perfect sense. I don't, I don't want to understand the uh, algorithm that they used to come up with whether you play a team on the road or at home in, in the regular season. Uh, it's just not interesting to me. Um, but playing three straight games with a playoff game mixed in there uh, against a team on the road is broken, and that is something that needs to be addressed. Whatever formula you're using to determine that, it stinks. So, you know, on Sunday, I'm watching the Niners, I'm watching them beat the Cowboys, and I'm thinking, man, I really did think it would have been nice to get a cool matchup between Mike McCarthy and I mean, come on, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Bring them to Green Bay. That would have been so cool, and instead we have another tired game against the Niners. We are 0-3 against them in the playoffs. Here with Aaron Rodgers, um, it's it's frustrating. It's exhausting. But how sweet has it been when we've beaten them? You think back to Week Three, and that game was hard to watch for a number of reasons. I think the officiating that day was the worst of the entire season. Funny enough, I went and looked it up, and the officiating crew for that game was uh, Jerome Boger. (laughs) You might recognize the name because his crew has been on blast all week long because of the Bengals-Raiders game, and the NFL came out and made a statement saying that they won't be allowed to officiate Uh, any more postseason games this year. That was an exhilarating game, though. And the win over them felt so sweet. 49ers. Buccaneers. Rams. These are the last three teams who have won the NFC. Two of them knocked out the Packers on their way in the playoffs. Uh, The Rams beat the Packers in the regular season in 2019 when they went. And then you have the Packers. They're the fourth team. Second year in a row that they have been the number one seed. Third year in a row that they have had a playoff bye. They've been utterly dominant. And they keep falling short. So what are we going to have this year? Is it going to be a retread? Are we going to get the Rams or Niners or Buccaneers going back to the Super Bowl again, handing another heartbreaking loss to the Packers? Or is this year going to be different?
1: The journey is important. Sure, the destination is obvious, but the road to get there that's what makes this game special. It's the opportunity to show everyone, including yourself, just how far we've come. All the work, the dedication, the hardships and triumphs, we've proven that to get where we want to go, we don't have to go far at all. On this year's journey, we've welcomed back old friends, broken rounds, crowned unsung heroes, yes! and delivered in the moment needed.
0: It. It
1: All that, this incredible journey, has led us to the second season, the playoffs. And here in Green Bay, this is when the stakes go up and the temperature drops. And that chill in the air, it stays with you, just as the memories do your entire
0: time. down the middle, has got him, and he's gone, he is gone, touchdown!
1: We are proud of what this franchise has accomplished, but this team is not done. The wait is over. This year's journey is ready for its storybook ending. Time to make some new memories. It's time for the playoffs.
0: The Packers with a dagger!
3: The road to the Super Bowl goes through Green Bay, goes through Lambeau Field. Here you'll find a ticked-off Packers team, one that knows that they really should have gone to the Super Bowl last year, held out by their own mistakes. Matt LaFleur, facing off against Kyle Shanahan, possibly Sean McVay, two old buddies of his. Aaron Rodgers, possibly his last game ever in a Packers uniform. Who knows what the offseason is going to hold. Will Devontae Adams be back? How about Preston, Zadarius, Amos? David Bakhtiari wants revenge. If he hadn't torn his ACL last year... There's no doubt in my mind. Packers win the Super Bowl. Jair's been watching a lot of these games at home on his couch. You think he doesn't want to be out there and prove prove something to himself, to his teammates, prove something to the Niners. Randall Cobb will be playing. You know, Rodgers really believes that if he had Randall Cobb last year, he would have been able to punch it in down at the goal line at the end of the game. So much so, this was one of his big demands to the team to even return for the 2021 season. Get me Randall Cobb. He's got him. Since 2010, the Packers have been in five NFC Championship games. Beat the Niners, and you're in a sixth in 11 years. And it's all on the line right here. Rodgers knows it. The team knows it. To get this far and mortgage so much of your future for one more chance. In 2019 and 2020, there was a general feeling among everybody that, well, we didn't make it this time, but we can get right back here again. It's not so certain this time. The road back here is hard. It might be a long time before the Packers get another chance. The Rams are a good team. They already beat the Buccaneers once this year. Can they do it again? If not... The road to the Super Bowl for the Packers means knocking off the 49ers and the Buccaneers, the last two teams to go to the Super Bowl instead of you. And you got smug Tom Brady, who wants to walk back into Lambeau again and add to his embarrassment of riches. You don't think this game means something to the Packers, to each and every player who puts on a green uniform? The NFC is coming. They have to go through the Green Bay Packers. I want you to be there, and I want to hear you scream Go, Pack, Go. Uh huh. You know what it be? Cheese said Alicia Keys. I'm going Swiss
0: cheese. Big G's. Falling hard like Big Meach. Big League. Super Bowl champ. Big rings. Big Bling. Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, Pitts team. Shining like a barge star. Number 15 in green. It's a mint green, Listerine. green. About to mess around the hey. mystery, drippery, hey. green, baked chains, whistle. Clean. And that's what life. life That's what Reverend Reggie White Rays in paradise right. Coach Carter, boy, I'm feeling like Matt tonight mm. I feel like number 55, you're getting sacked tonight Ooh, yeah, boy, we bout to be a type of hype I And whoever played the Packers, hope you're packing like You're you flying back, back tonight, sacking light. To yeah, uh-huh All my Packers ready, green and yellow, Try to count us out, Check-